0: Today, our gospel passage comes from the gospel according to John, beginning in the fourth chapter and the fifth verse. This passage is interesting for a variety of reasons, and today we will touch on one of them distinctly. To get started, let's get an understanding of the setting. Jesus has entered the town of Sychar in Samaria. Jews and Samaritans did not get along. The Samaritans were outcasts, and the Jews looked down on them. Jews, of which Jesus is one, did not talk to Samaritans, and Samaritans stayed away from the Jews. But Jesus has just entered their area, their countryside. Jesus entered the land of the excluded and is about to do what no Jew would ever do. Jesus is about to talk to a Samaritan, an outcast. Not only that, Jesus is about to talk to a woman in the street, an action that was prohibited by Jewish leadership. It was considered to be a reason for scandal. Before anything else is revealed, we know that the conversation about to happen goes against every cultural rule in force at the time. But as the saying goes, there is more. Jesus takes a seat at the well at what the Bible calls the sixth hour. That means it's about noon, and the sun is straight overhead, beating down on anybody, not seeking shade. If you've ever carried more than a glass of water, you know water gets heavy very quickly. Drawing and carrying water is hard work, and like all hard work, it is better done in the early morning or that late afternoon evening time so that it is not too hot out. But the woman we have in this story is drawing water in the middle of the heat of the day. Why would she be doing this? Why would she not go out with the other women of the village to gather water? Why would she not help others and have others help her with the heavy labor? Why would she not be part of the social interaction and friendships that come from doing work together? She is doing this because she is not even welcome among her own people. She is an outcast of the outcasts. Therefore, she walks out at noon to get the water for her household. Even if Jesus was not God, with the power of knowing everything, he would know that there is something wrong in this woman's life. As the woman approaches Jesus, he tells her to give him a drink. Those words start a dialogue that is a slow unfolding of God's grace. The woman, a woman we will soon learn, has had a rough time in life, and much of what she has endured has been at the hand of the Jews and of men, replies, we can expect with a bit of attitude, You, a man, are talking to me, a woman? You, a Jew, are talking to me, a Samaritan? You a Jewish man are talking to me a Samaritan woman? Who do you think you are? Later when the disciples arrive they agree with her. They are shocked that Jesus is talking to a woman. She, they are shocked that they that Jesus is talking to a Samaritan. They are shocked that all of this is happening out in the middle of the street. Talking to a woman in the middle of the street, this was the behavior of men talking to prostitutes, not of men who are holy. Jesus answered the woman, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now, it is easy not to notice in the way it is worded here, but there is a bit of wordplay going on. Jesus doubled back on a few of his words, and some translations do a better job than others of putting it into English. So I'm going to explain it a bit. In the verse, what we have is Jesus saying, If you knew the gift of God, who is speaking to you, you would have asked God for living water. Or, even more simply, if you knew the gift of God, by the way, I, God, am talking to you, you would have asked me for the living water. The woman only partially gets Jesus' meaning. She didn't follow all of the wordplay either. She caught the part about her asking him for the water, but missed the part about Jesus speaking as God, the great I Am. In reply, she points out two things. Mister, you have nothing to draw water with. And this well was given to us from the great father Jacob. Do you think you are better than our father Jacob? Jesus does not answer the woman directly. Instead, he tells her that if she drinks of the living water, she will never thirst again. With those words, the woman is no longer worried about Jacob's well. She wants the living water. Where can I get this living water so I will no longer thirst, so I will no longer have to draw water in the middle of the day, so I will no longer have to struggle for the basic requirement of life? Jesus answers, Go, call your husband, and come back here. Jesus has just commanded the woman to do what all Christians are supposed to do, be an evangelist. Go out, call others, bring them to Jesus. In the woman's case, go, Get your husband and come back here. Then the woman tries to conceal the truth without lying. I think everybody has done this once or more in their lives. Then later we say to ourselves or even say to others, I did not lie. That might be accurate, but neither did the person tell the truth. That is what the woman tries to do when she answers, I do not have a husband. Jesus immediately lets the woman know that he knows. You are right, Jesus says. You have had five husbands, and the man you are with now is not your husband. Jesus does not make the statement as an accusation. Jesus does not make the statement to assign any blame. Jesus does not make the statement to create in the woman a sense of guilt or shame. Jesus only states a fact so that she knows that he knows. The Bible scholar Francis Maloney points out that the woman at the well has lived an irregular married life and is currently in a sinful situation. But the point of verse 8 is to not expose her sinfulness. The focus is on Jesus' power to know the secrets of her intimate life. Jesus' further compliment, telling her that what she has said has been said truly, demands that the story of the woman's inner life be read as a statement of fact. Jesus' knowledge of those facts is the turning point of the narrative. His claim to give living water was beyond her grasp, but a person who tells her about the secrets of her life commands her attention. St. Therese of Lisieux Explain the passage this way, saying, This episode also shows that the salvation brought by Christ is available to everyone. His love extends to all souls. Jesus asked for a drink not only because he is thirsty, but also to show that he thirsts for people to discover the love of God. He was thirsty. But when he said, Give me a drink, what the creator of the universe meant was that he was thirsty For the love of his poor creature. He thirsted for love and now more than ever, I realize that Jesus is thirsty. Among his disciples in this world, his own disciples, he sees only ungrateful and indifferent souls. How few pledge their hearts wholly to him. How few truly understand the tenderness of his infinite love. St. Teresa of Lisieux here sees two things. The first is Jesus' love for those who are lost. No matter your life circumstances, no matter who else has turned you into an outcast, no matter who has excluded you, Jesus says, Welcome, come, drink, have your thirst quenched. The second is an observation of the disciples during Jesus' time and the disciples in St. Teresa Lusso's time. The disciples did not understand back when they were there with Jesus and it was still true at the time of St. Teresa Lusso and it is still true today. There are a lot of people claiming to be Christians that simply do not understand that Jesus is welcoming all those people who do not look like us, talk like us, or anything else like us. All those who hunger and thirst for relief that only God can give. We need to get ourselves aligned with God's vision, revealed through Jesus, and reach out to all those around us, no matter what is going on in their lives. Hearing Jesus simply state the circumstances of her life has the woman amazed Sir, I see that you are a prophet. The conversation continues about where and how to worship, and she asks if Jesus is the long-awaited Christ, the long-awaited Messiah. Jesus picks up from the earlier, more vague comment about being God speaking to her, and says plainly, I am the words of God's self-revelation ever since the days of Moses. Now the woman becomes the evangelist that Jesus only a short while earlier told her to be. She goes into her town and is calling out to all of those she has lived a life avoiding. Come and see the Christ. Come and see the one we have been waiting for. The others in town come and they are converted. Ephraim the Syrian said, Jesus came to the fountain as a hunter. He threw a grain before one put One pigeon, the woman at the well, that he might catch the whole flock, all of the townspeople. At the beginning of the conversation, he did not make himself known to her. But first she caught sight of a thirsty man, then a Jew, then a rabbi, afterwards a prophet, last of all the Messiah. She tried to get get the better of the thirsty man. She showed dislike of the Jew. She heckled the rabbi. She was swept off her feet by the prophet. And she adored the Christ. You know that in a different gospel story, Jesus told the woman caught in adultery to go and sin no more. That is an important message and fits with the story of a married woman involved with a married man who are doing the sin that they are doing for no other reason than to enjoy themselves Jesus did not condemn condemn that woman either, but he did set certain expectations for her to follow. Go and sin no more. In our gospel passage today, however, the situation is different. Nobody wants to go from spouse to spouse to spouse to the point of not being able to find a real spouse, but instead settle for the person who also settles for them. Nobody wants to be an outcast, especially not an outcast of the outcast, doubly excluded from life. Nobody wants a life of guilt and shame and believe concealing the details of your life is required. The woman at the well did not, in the moment, need to hear, go and sin no more. The woman at the well was hurting and thirsty and needed to hear, Let me take away your thirst. Let me make you whole again. And that is exactly what Jesus said to her. Today the world has many, many more hurting people than it has whole people. People who thirst for relief that only Jesus can give. Jesus told it to his disciples, told it to his disciples then. And it is still true for us today, look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. Let us each go into the harvest field and call the herding and thirsty to come back with us to receive the living water. Amen.